You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, coming to you right across Australia from Hobart, Tasmania. And you can listen to us on FM 87.6, 87.8 and 88.0. Now today is our continuing series, Searching for Certainty, with Peter Watts. Good to have you back in the studio, Peter. Great to be here again, Jason. Yeah. Now today, uh, oh, well, before we uh, get into today's program, I'll just uh, remind our listeners that you can contact us on a text a mobile number. It's 0488880891, and that number is for our Tassie Encounters uh, program. You can text us any time. We will be monitoring that, and any messages or queries or questions that come in, we will get back to you as soon as we can. And later on in the program, we'll have a special offer. It's a different one this time. It's not a book, but I'm not going to say too much just now. We'll give you more information a bit later in the program. Now, uh, before we get into it, Peter, where have we come from? Uh, well, geographically, or no, uh, I meant, I meant in our program. In the program. <laughs> yeah. So, searching for certainty, our series so far, we've looked at uh, does God exist? We spent three programs looking at some of the evidence that suggests that God exists uh, and supports that, and so um, then we looked at which God, and we, we talked about uh, evidence for the reliability and authority of the Bible. So, we're talking about the God of the Bible. Um, and and then of course uh, in the last program we we asked the question well in the Bible the Bible says that God created in six days and is it really reasonable to uh, believe that God created in six days and in you know relatively recently as in thousands of years ago or you know what about the uh, theory of evolution so our program last time was did we really evolve and we looked at some assumptions and some presuppositions that people have and certainly that I had. Um, and so that leads us into today's topic, which is why so much suffering. And before we get into that, I'll just uh, let our listeners know you can catch those past episodes. We do record them and we put them on the website, the faithfm.com.au website. You can go there, you can search or find Tassie Encounters. It's under the Listen menu on the website. You can find Tassie Encounters and look at all of the past episodes and listen to any one of them. And I will just remind you too that uh, any of the offers that have been offered in those programs, you can still text in. Uh, the codes and get the offers that are mentioned in those programs. Um, also, the Faith FM app. If you're mobile and you want to listen on your phone, you can download the Faith FM Australia app from the Apple App Store or your Android uh, Google Play Store. Now, Peter, today, why so much suffering? What's your interest in this topic? Well, I suppose like everybody, um, you know, this is kind of a conundrum in the world that we see great beauty in the world and we talked about creation in the last uh, episode but we also see great ugliness and we see evil in the world and we see suffering in the world and uh, people want naturally want to know why is this why do we have such great beauty but we also have suffering in the world and i think as an atheist i i uh was an atheist till my uh, mid-twenties, and as an atheist it was, well, suffering is just the way life is. Uh, suffering is a part of, you know, get over it, just live with it. Um, but that's not really a satisfying explanation. And then, of course, there are religions in the world that believe that good and evil have always existed, they exist today, and they will always exist on into eternity. And that's not so satisfying either, because we would like to think that, at some point, suffering will come to an end. Mm. And there's those uh, religions also that have this concept of karma, and I guess uh, mm. to some extent there is a, a truth in karma, 
But, uh, you know, sometimes there's that question, well, hang on, why do bad things happen to good people? Exactly. Because sometimes bad things do happen to good people and that's not because of their own actions necessarily. That's right. And Mm. so, uh, and I think for people who believe in a loving creator God, which is the one we've been talking about uh, for the last few episodes, if we believe in a loving creator God, this is perhaps the hardest question to answer. And so, you know, if you don't believe in God at all, well, suffering's just the way it is. But if you believe in a loving creator God, why is there so much suffering? And the, the, the uh, question sort of goes like this, that God can either be all-loving or he can be all-powerful, but he cannot be both. Because the argument is, if he was all-loving then and all-powerful, then he would use his power to stop suffering mm. because he's all loving right yeah, yeah. Um, and so he can only be one of both one of either of those he can't be both i'd like to suggest he can be both of those and we're going to approach this subject i want to say this from the outset in in today's program i realize that uh, our listeners have, have will have had many different experiences in their life some of them horrific some of them very tragic some of them very uh, sad times in their life. Mm. And I'm not going to attempt in this one-hour program to be able to explain every individual instance of suffering or evil that has occurred to, to somebody. Uh, but what we are going to attempt to do is to look at the general picture and what does what information does the Bible give to us in the area of suffering in order for us to be able to explain this and to make sense of the world around us. Mm. Okay, well, let's uh, get into our main topic, Peter. Okay, well, uh, in this concept, uh, you know, is God all loving and all powerful? The Bible declares in um, in the New Testament, First John four eight, it says, "God is love." That is to say, that God is not just loving, but that God is uh, he is love. He he's everything he does, everything he says. He is motivated motivated by this overarching principle of love. And then, of course, you know, what do we do with the the disaster, the destruction, the disease that we see around the world? Who is responsible for all of that? Uh, you know, sometimes you'll read in an insurance policy, uh, we do not insure against acts of God. Mm. Uh, I've read that myself. I'm sure others have read it too. Um, and what do they mean by that? They really mean natural disasters, right? And so the question is, is God the one who sends natural disasters? Um, is the the death, destruction and disease that we see, is that actually uh, at God's door or is there something else going on? And one of the things we want to look at uh, today is there's a passage in the book of Revelation that reveals something in chapter 12 uh, of Revelation, uh, verses 7 through 9. I want to read these words. It says, And war broke out in heaven. And just pause there before we read anything else, because those words uh, are almost an oxymoron. You would not expect. Most of us, we think about heaven, we sing about heaven, we, you know, we all want to go to heaven. You know, we, when we're in a, a, a place of complete happiness, we say, I'm in heaven. Mm. You know, heaven is a good thing. Mm. But here we have this sentence that says, and war 
broke out in heaven. Uh, it's not the kind of place we would expect to find war, but that's what the Bible tells us. There was a war in heaven. And, you know, we can imagine this, of course, you know, because we have things like Star Wars, which has popularized the idea that there is war in the heavens um, and that there's this great battle between good and evil. And this is what really the Bible describes. So in, in Revelation 12, 7 to 9, it says, War broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought and they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And so this uh, this idea that there is a conflict that uh, began someplace else, a war in heaven, um, and as we go through, we're going to talk about, well, yeah, that's fine. You've got this sort of good side and the bad side. Michael and his angels on the good side, the devil and his angels on the bad side. But where did this devil come from? Mm. You know, where did this devil come from? We're going to look into that. But this idea, I think most people in the world do recognize that there is a battle between good and evil, um, that we want to dig down to, to the heart of this battle and the origin of this battle. We've read that there's war in heaven, but how did really that get started? Uh, and the Bible actually does have more material for us to, to dive into, and we're going to take a look at that. But, um, yeah, a war in heaven. So many people, you know, um, just before we go to the break, but many people sort of, tend to blame god for bad things yes and uh and then even if they believe that there's say the devil mm-hmm. you know and they say well who created the devil well god created the devil so therefore it's ultimately god's fault anyway okay you know so well, we're going to, un- to unplug that a little bit yeah. I, I would say this i suppose i mean there's the other side of that coin where we we try to uh you know, negate any possible responsibility of our own. So we say the devil made me do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so so God, God, you know, God did uh, sort of either God has responsibility for everything, or if if I do something wrong, well, the devil made me do it. Mm. Um, and so uh, it's interesting if you did a survey down at the shopping mall and asked people, do they believe in God? You'd get a certain response, you know, a certain percentage, and it will be more than fifty percent of people who say yes, I believe in God. Mm. Um, and then if you ask them do you believe in the devil? You would get a much lower, lower yeah. response to that question. Mm. Uh, so these surveys have been done. And so so it's interesting that we um, there are a lot more people who are happy to believe in a personal God than are to believe in a personal devil. And maybe they feel that the, it's a superstitious thing or they're a little bit worried that if they believe in the devil, he'll come and harass them or something. But um, So it's interesting to note uh, that discrepancy because I think that then... Uh, results in God getting the blame for a lot of things because if he's the only one responsible. Mm, Absolutely. Well, let's go to this song, uh, Jordan Feelies. The song is called Wounds. It talks about some of the hardships that people have in their life. Walking, broken, innocent, stolen Shadows hold you down till you can't breathe You look for reasons to pick up all the pieces But still you tell yourself the hurts too deep Would you believe me if I said you're not beyond repair? 
Listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM. Now we've been talking about suffering. We've been talking about uh, where did bad, where did evil come from, and uh, we're going to continue that discussion. We we talked about uh, war in heaven, but uh, Peter, where did actually where did the devil that's uh, mentioned there in in that passage? Mm. Where did the devil come from? Yeah, excellent question. So that passage in Revelation talks about the war in heaven. Uh, it's You know, the book of Revelation is the last book of the Bible. And so people wonder, well, does this happen last? 
In the Bible, you have a, uh, especially in prophecy, you have a principle of repeat and enlarge. So things are repeated and then they're enlarged upon. So this war in heaven, uh, the, the battle in heaven actually took place before the creation of this world. But if we talk about the devil, where did the devil come from? Um, he has a number of names we've already listed, the, the dragon, the serpent of old, Satan, the devil. And there's another name that people may know, Lucifer. Mm. And uh, in Isaiah chapter 14 in the Old Testament, it actually uh, compares the king of Babylon, who was an evil king, with this character of Lucifer. And uh, it says in Isaiah 14, 12 to 14, how you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. Now, fallen from heaven, well, we talked about the fact that there was war in heaven and he was you know, cast to the earth. So we, we talked about that, that falling from heaven. Um, and it says, oh, Lucifer. Now, Lucifer's not a bad name, but I don't expect many people to name their kids Lucifer uh, because it has bad connotations. So it means light bearer or, or son of the morning. Um, and it says, how you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Now, I want you to notice something, a couple of things here. I is, uh, you know, that letter I, I will do this, I will do that. It's all very self-centered. Self-centered, yep. And it says, you have said in your heart. So if somebody says something in their heart, you don't hear it, you don't perceive it, you don't see it, but it's something internal. So Lucifer, who was a bright and brilliant and beautiful angel, we're going to read more about him in a moment, he started to develop in his heart this idea that he wanted all of these things and he wanted to be like the Most High. He wanted to be God. Hmm. He had been created as this angel, but he wanted to be God. Let's let's learn a little more about him. There's a passage in Ezekiel in the Old Testament, Ezekiel 28, from 12 through to 16. And again, this passage is comparing this being with another evil king, the king of Tyre. But we see as we read through, we, it's very clear that it's not called, talking about the king of Tyre. It's actually talking about this supernatural being. It says, uh, verse Ezekiel 28, verse 12, Thus says the Lord God, you were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Now, we don't often think of the devil as being a beautiful being, mm. but that's what it describes him as here. Uh, you were in Eden, the garden of God. Now, there's a thought. Who was in Eden? Well, you have Adam and Eve, and then there's the talking serpent. Yes. Uh, which was possessed, of course, by the devil. We've already read about he was the serpent of old. And so you were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. This is a created being. Uh, you were the anointed cherub. What's another word for a cherub? Uh, an angel. That's right. Yep. A cherub is an angel, another word for uh, an angel in the Bible. You were the anointed angel or the anointed cherub who covers. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity or sin or rebellion was found in you. Okay, so this is a created being, a perfect being, an angelic being, until 
iniquity or sin or rebellion was found in you. And uh, verse 16 of Ezekiel 28, by the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within. I want to pause there. Where it says the abundance of your trading, that word trading, um, it's, it's the same kind of word as peddling. And, and maybe you've heard of the idea of peddling lies. Mm-hmm. Right. And that was his currency. Effectively, he was starting to peddle lies about God by the abundance of your peddling or your trading. You became filled with violence within. Notice it was violence within. This wasn't a physical battle. This wasn't somebody punching and scrapping. This was violence within. Remember in uh, Isaiah, we'd read about the fact that uh, you have said in your heart, I will be. Uh, I will exalt myself. And so uh, this was something that was happening internally. You and I would not be able to see it from the outside, but God can read minds and hearts, and he could see this developing in this angel called Lucifer who became the devil. Um, it says, Therefore I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God. And there we see again the casting out, as we've seen in Revelation, as we've seen in Isaiah. So we have this angel, um, this perfect created angel um, given high privilege of God he walked in the holy mountain around the, the, the fiery stones in other words he was close to the throne of God this is really what this is saying and yet something happened inside okay and uh, and so we this is where we have the origins of this yeah so so how does that happen you know you're a perfect being created by God beautiful angel perfect in in all ways how does it then, how is it possible for a perfect being to become corrupt? Okay, so this is the mysterious question, really. And so part of it has to do with the fact that God creates free will beings. Okay, we are free will, free thinking beings. We can choose what we do. Okay, and, and so because God is love, he gives his children, his beings, freedom. Now, with that freedom comes a risk. Mm-hmm. You know, when uh, I proposed to my wife uh, and I asked her to marry me, uh, she had a choice. She didn't have to say yes. And it's the freedom to say yes that makes her saying yes all the more special, right? Because she couldn't, she, she didn't have to do it, mm. right? She could have said no. But she has to have that freedom in order for that love to be real. Yeah. And so when I ask my wife to marry me and she says yes, I'm delighted because she's freely choosing to say yes. But she could have had the opportunity to say no. The very fact that the devil began to start to foster rebellion in his heart means that he was a free being. He had the freedom to do that. And so because God is love, he gives us freedom. That freedom involves a risk. And that risk then implies a responsibility. So if I am free to make a choice, I am also responsible for that choice. Yes. I can't blame you for my choice. If I'm free to make that choice, then I, you know, I have to take responsibility for that choice. Um, and so effectively the answer to the question is, it is a mystery because if we could explain it, we could excuse it. If we could explain why Lucifer chose to start fostering ideas of rebellion against God, we could actually explain it some way. But, but there is no real explanation for that rebellion except that it began as a choice mm-hmm. in the heart of Lucifer and it grew and grew and grew until the point where he got to the place where 
pride didn't allow him to back down and it resulted in all that uh, rebellion another answer perhaps to this question is that um, you know God is not a, a, a dictator we've known dictators here on earth people like Hitler like Stalin like um, Chairman Mao um, uh, Mussolini Pol Pot people like this where uh, if you say, I think I'd like to start an opposition party, I'd like to speak out against the, the, the leader, uh, you're not going to last very long mm. because those dictators would not allow voices of dissent mm. um, and they were, they were put to silence. Um, but God is not like that. Mm. God allows freedom. And, uh, you know, um, you could think of it like this, that God wants children not robots. And again, it comes back to the freedom, the choice, and the love aspect. Just as I said, you know, in order for Marie to say, because Marie said yes to my proposal of marriage, that's my wife, um, it means she had freedom to do that. And the same is with children. We raise our children hoping we pour in good instruction, education, love, kindness, compassion, and all of these things, hopefully. Uh, and as we pour those things in, we hope that in return, when they grow to maturity, that they will return those same kind of values to us. But we cannot guarantee it. You know, when we uh, have children, there is no guarantee that your child is going to behave themselves. No, and obviously, uh, as they as they mature and they turn into adults, uh, you know, we, it's not our responsibility. Yeah, it's not our responsibility to control their choices and actions right. and behaviours anymore. And uh, they are free. And to so choose. this yeah. this answers in part, uh, I think. You know, where did the devil come from, and how did a perfect being become corrupt? I think. Mm. It's, it's through the freedom of choice. And then, uh, and he would, you know, he would insinuate it would be kind of like, uh, well, you know, it's, it's great to have God as king of the universe. But I think if I was in charge and start to insinuate, and then, you know, we see this happen a lot in uh, political campaigns, don't we, where you start to have mud being slung at the character of the opposition in order for the people to distrust that leader, mm. uh, and you see that a lot in, in political campaigning. And so it began as a, uh, a rebellion in the heart, and it developed into a propaganda campaign. Well, it's time to go to a break. Um, I'm just going to give a bit more information about our offer today. It's titled Cosmic Conflict, and it's not a book. It's a DVD. So it's a, it's a, a spectacular journey back through time and, and tracing the transformation of a perfect angel into Satan, the arch demon, and how he led an army of angels in a revolt in heaven. So this is by Doug Batchelor, a DVD, and uh, we will give you more information and the code later in the program. Um, let's go to a break and this song is called Choose Life it is talking about choices and uh, we all have choices to make we also have choices whether we believe in God or whether we don't we have a choice whether we believe that uh, uh, there is uh, a being such as Satan or the devil um, but we certainly observe a lot of uh, pain and suffering in this world and so it's good to uh, get a bit more understanding about that so let's uh, have a listen to this song Choose Life by Carly Fletcher
each new day. God gives you a choice to make, blessing or cursing, life or death. It's in your hands. The choice is yours to make. So what will you choose today? Therefore choose life that you and your descendants may live. Will you love the Lord your God and obey His voice? For God is your life and the length of your days. So what will you choose? Will you choose life? Life or death, blessing or cursing, the choice is in your hands. How will you choose to And so this day, I have a choice to make, blessing or cursing, life or death. How will I live? The choice is mine to make. I choose Jesus Christ and His way. choose life that me and my descendants may live I will love the Lord my God and obey His voice for God is my life and the length of my days today I choose Him I choose Jesus Christ so what choose life that you and your descendants may live will you love the Lord your God and obey his voice for God is your life and the length of your days so what will you choose will you choose life you're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and today we're talking with Peter Watts and the topic is why so much suffering now we've been talking about uh, how the devil came to be and uh, I guess a logical question Peter might be well if God saw the devil developing into something that came from perfect beauty and perfection into something that was evil why not just stamp it out immediately 
Yeah, why didn't God destroy the devil immediately? And, you know, this is uh, a question many have thought about. And uh, I think it's it's tied to those two ideas that we read in Isaiah and in Ezekiel, where it says that uh, he had said in his heart. So this rebellion began, began in his heart, and it says he was filled with violence within. So his rebellion was within, um, and it wasn't immediately uh, understood. It wasn't immediately recognized by the masses. So if you can imagine, you know, let, let's imagine this scenario for a minute. God gives a message to you know, this powerful angel called Lucifer to give to uh, the other angels, right? And he's, if you like, the leader of the other angels. I mean, we see that in the book of Revelation, the dragon and his angels, right? So uh, this goes on for who knows how many years, millennia. Uh, God gives an instruction to Lucifer. He gives it to the other angels. And then suddenly God's giving an instruction and Lucifer's giving a different instruction, that must have been confusing for the angels. And as this is developing in Lucifer's heart, and God, you know, can imagine a bolt of lightning coming down and Lucifer is killed there on the spot. And then God says, okay, everyone, let's sing the second verse. <laughs> uh, you know, the, would the angels would have had questions. They would have been. They would say, what, what was that? Yeah. You know, how, what, what was that all about? And also, especially because if in the, beginning of the rebellion uh lucifer is saying to the other angels you know if i were in charge things would be better you know do we really need these laws that god gives to govern our lives and we're intelligent beings we know how to govern ourselves we don't need god's laws to to govern our lives we we, would be freer if we didn't have the restriction of these laws that god has, has given to us um, and maybe there's a different way of life. And this kind of questioning, uh, questioning the motive of God, right? Mm -hmm. So the idea that um, if uh, God has put these laws on us as a restriction of our freedom, and if we were to break loose from them, then we would be happier. Mm -hmm. So God is actually restricting our happiness. Mm -hmm. And and these kind of insinuations that, that, that Lucifer could have been giving, that that then you see... If God had indeed bolt of lightning destroyed him immediately, that would not have silenced those questions, but rather would have added fuel to them. And there's a question too there of, uh, you know, if if we simply live by um, by reasoning that if we do something different, we might be destroyed, then this introduces this element of fear, right, rather than you know, um, and and yeah, you know, I, I think most parents know that they don't want their children to do the right thing because if they don't, they're going to get severely punished. Mm. They want them to learn to do the right thing because they know in their heart that it's the right thing. They do it out of love rather mm. than out of fear. So I think there's that aspect of fear as well. And mm. um, so yeah. the the rebellion uh, was not immediately recognised. It was not immediately understood. Jesus actually taught a parable about this. And uh, I just want to read something from it. It's Matthew thirteen, twenty-four to 30, and I'll read the parable through. It says, Another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares, that's weeds, okay, among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares, or the weeds, appeared also. 
So the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not grow, uh, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? Are you to blame for the tares? How come it's got weeds? I thought you sowed good seed in your field. And it's basically saying, why so much suffering? Why is something yeah. bad happening? Mm. And uh, he, God, or the, the, the owner, says to them, an enemy has done this. Mm-hmm. The servant said to him, do you want us then to go and gather them up? But he said, no, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. The point is, he says, you know, they're saying, should we go and separate them out? You know, the, the good from the bad. And he said, no, because while you're pulling out the bad, you might actually pull out some of the good as well. You may not be able to easily discern what is good. You know, when they first sprout out of the ground, you've got these little green shoots. Yeah, which ones are weeds which, which aren't. Which are which. You yeah. know, it's not as easy to discern. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when they are in full bloom and their fruit is fully formed, it's much easier to see the difference between the two. And this is really what Jesus is saying. Let the two grow together. And at the harvest, when the fruit is fully formed, then we will be able to see which is which. And he goes on to explain the parable, and he explains that the the, the uh, harvest is at the end of the world. So that has not occurred yet. So, uh, in other words, uh, it's going to be very easy to see at the harvest. When Jesus comes, when the end of the world comes, it's going to be much easier to see the full uh, fruit, the full harvest of what these two different um, forms of government are the government of God, a, gov- of, a government of love and freedom, or the government of pain and suffering, and uh, that we see um, as a result of the devil's rebellion. And so uh, that that parable. Let me read the uh, explanation. This is Matthew thirteen thirty seven to thirty nine. It says, "He Jesus answered and said to them, He who sows the good seed." is the son of man. That was a phrase he used to describe himself. So Jesus is the one sowing the good seed. The field is the world. The good seeds are the sons of the kingdom, but the tares or the weeds are the sons of the wicked one. The enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age and the reapers are the angels. So Jesus is clearly here talking about planet earth, Mm. right? And the, the, um, the coexistence. The coexistence of good and evil here in the world. Mm. And that's going to exist until the end of the world when the harvest comes. Mm. However, we can also understand this principle in terms of the rebellion in heaven and how that got started. That the, the, the rebellion that began in the heart of, of Lucifer, that he was filled with violence within, that was visible to God, but it was not visible to the masses. Mm. And so had God acted at that point, it would have really driven home the points the devil was trying to make, that God is untrustworthy, that God actually wants to withhold happiness for us, and any dissenting voice is just going to be eliminated immediately. So the devil's um, arguments or the devil's accusations against God would have been given greater weight had God immediately destroyed him at that moment and so this is the nature of why um that uh that it's been allowed to run its course so people not only people in the universe if we're thinking of other beings such as angels but people here on earth we can actually clearly see the difference between good and evil
We're going to go to another break, um, but a little bit more a bit about the offer for today, Cosmic Conflict, the DVD, The Origin of Evil. Uh, on this DVD, you can witness the creation of a beautiful world. Feel the suspense as the devil brings his rebellion to planet Earth. Behold the temptation and fall in Eden and uncover God's amazing plan to restore people to paradise. It's recorded in high definition and it's a Bible-based documentary. I really uh, think it'll be a, a fantastic um, thing to watch and uh, learn about you know, how this all started and uh, where it's going as well. So hosted by Doug Batchelor. Um, immediately after the break, we'll give you the code and uh, you can text us in on 0488-880-891. Let's have a listen to this song, Love is a Good Thing, by Andrew Peterson. It knocked me down, it dragged me out, it left me there for dead. It took all the freedom I wanted, gave me something else instead. Blew my mind, it bled me dry and hit me like a long goodbye Nobody here knows better than I that it's a good thing Love is a good thing It'll fall like rain on your parade And laugh at the plans that you tried to make Wear you down till your heart just breaks And it's a good thing Love is a good thing In the middle of the night It'll take just a little too much It'll burn you like a cinder Till you're tender to the touch It'll chase you down and swallow you whole It'll make your blood run hot and cold Like a thief in the night It'll steal your soul And that's a good thing Love is a good thing It'll follow you down to the ruins of the great divide Open the wounds that you try to hide There in the rubble of the heart that died You'll find a good thing Cause love is a good thing Oh, love is a good thing
Love is a Good Thing by Andrew Peterson. Now, I did promise the code for today's offer immediately after the break, and here we are. Search for is the code. Search with the number four, no spaces, and you can text that to 0488-880-891 to get your DVD, Cosmic Conflict. We'll send that out to you. Search for, no spaces, just search and the number four. Now, Peter, we've been talking about, uh, you know, what's, how did, how did evil come to exist? And, um, we've been, uh, you know, talking about how, you know, um, the good and evil coexist together. But, how did it actually get established on Earth? That's the question I have now. Sure. You know, how did it get its roots here? Yeah, so it's important to understand that that rebellion began in heaven. And then, of course, we have the creation of this world. And we read about that in Genesis 1 2, uh, how God essentially created a paradise and put people on it and said, have dominion. It's mm. yours to enjoy. Um, and so God created uh, Adam and Eve, and, uh, even when... Um, in chapter 2 of, of Genesis chapter 16, sorry, Genesis chapter 2 and verses 16 and 17, God gives instructions to Adam. And he says, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day you eat of it you shall surely die. So God says, There's one tree in the garden that I don't want you to eat of. You can eat of all the trees in the garden. There was another tree called the tree of life. He wanted them to eat from that and live forever. But there's a, this other tree called the tree of knowledge of good and evil. He says, in the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. And um, he, he forbids them from eating from that tree. Now, God did not say, in the day you eat of it, I will kill you. No. Some people think that that's what it means. Mm. And that's clearly not the case because later they do actually eat from the tree and they do not die immediately. Mm. In fact, they live for another 900 odd years. So, um, you know, that's not, not a bad result. I mean, you, you, if you could live for 900 years, you'd probably say, where's the tree? I'll eat from it today. Yeah. But the point is, um, God had said, don't eat of this tree. In a way, it's kind of like if you have children, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, it's a little bit like Google, right? Because you, if you have kids, are there some things on Google you don't want your kids to see? Mm. For sure, right? You want to protect them from it. There's some good things on Google, but there's some evil things on Google. And so if you have a child, you should be careful about you know, wanting to you know, manage what they, they uh, consume. And so God was trying to protect his kids from evil. And because God had basically limited the devil to access to this one tree of all the trees in the garden how many trees are there in Tasmania how many trees in Australia I wouldn't have currently a clue, but many. and that's with all the ones that have been cut down right mm. um, but millions of trees but God says of one tree and so he's restricting the devil's access because he knew that the devil would attempt to get access to this new creation he'd made humankind well, alas, the serpent, uh, the, Eve wandered towards the tree and the serpent talked to Eve from the tree and says, the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. Mm. You won't die. So here's the deal. Either God was lying or the serpent was. God had said, if you, in the day you eat of this, you will surely die. The serpent is saying, you're not going to die. Eve ate from that tree 
and uh, ultimately Adam and Eve are dead today. And uh, it was basically, why was that such a big deal? It was basically, if we are living in harmony with God, God is the only source of life in the universe. When we separate from him, which is effectively what they did, we are separating from the only source of life in the universe. And that results in death. death. Mm -hmm. Because when you move away from life, when you say, okay, I'm going to cut off my source of life, it's like being on a life support system. You pull out all the tubes and say, I think I'll live independently. Mm. But you're going to die because mm. you don't have that life support. And so the, the devil tricked Eve and then Adam as well into eating from the tree of life. And the Bible calls the devil the father of lies. Um, and so they believed, Adam and Eve believed the serpent instead of believing in God. And in a sense, it was as though they had made a vote. Okay, three times in the book of John, Jesus describes the devil as the ruler of this world. God had created paradise, given it to Adam and Eve, said, have dominion over it. I'm giving you the keys. You're in charge. But effectively, when they believed the devil instead of believing God, they handed the keys over to the devil. Mm. And the devil became the ruler of this world, according to Jesus. And in other words, they voted and they voted for the wrong one. Mm. And, uh, you know, how many times have we voted in an election and three weeks later wished we'd voted for somebody else, perhaps, you know, but then you're stuck with the government, aren't yep. you? Yep. You are stuck with the government until the for next the time, time to vote. Yep, for the time being. And essentially what has happened is that we have been stuck under this satanic government. Now, it has limits. Otherwise, if it had no limits, we'd all be dead. Hmm. But there are limits put on this satanic government. But essentially, we're living under a, 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 a government that is largely influenced by the devil. And it was, a vo- it was a choice of our own making back in the garden. Now, you, might, you and I might say, well, we weren't back there. But we have made similar choices in our own lives ever since. And what God is trying to say to us is, I want you to give you another chance to vote. I want you to give give you I want to give you a second chance mm. to vote. Uh, it's interesting there's a passage in um, Luke where uh, the devil is trying to tempt Jesus back in the time 2000 years ago when Jesus came to earth, God came to earth in human flesh in the person of Jesus. The devil says to him, "All this authority I'll give to you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me." Now, when was it delivered to him? It was delivered to him back in the Garden of Eden, you know, and essentially the devil was saying, worship me. Mm. And he was essentially saying, you want to save the world? I'll give you the world. You give me the universe. Mm. But God, Jesus was not going to fall for that. So effectively, God has brought us another opportunity to vote. Who do we want to govern our lives? Who do we want to um, govern the universe? And we get to vote on that again uh, today. So in terms of why so much suffering, I'm going to run through three things. Uh, I think there are three answers generally to why there's suffering in the world. Number one, because of sin, rebellion against God, we live in a broken world. The world we live in is not the paradise that God created back in Genesis 1 and 2. You know, we have earthquakes, we have tornado, tornadoes, we have hurricanes. They weren't present in the Garden of Eden. There's been a breakdown in the natural world because of rebellion 
because of our choices. And yet people still call those acts of God. Correct. <laughs> exactly. And this is my point. Yeah. This is my point. All of that resulted in this chain reaction through nature. We don't really understand how no. it works. Mm. But but we, we had an intimate connect and connection to the creation. And uh, that, that was breaking down. So because of sin, we live in a broken world. Secondarily, because of Satan, we have an active adversary. We see how the devil has... Uh, you know, used his influence to make life, people's lives worth. We think of the, the story of Job in the Old Testament, which we mm. don't have time to go into now. But there was an active adversary making Job's life worse. And then thirdly, and we don't really like to think about this, but selfishness, what I like to call man-made misery. Um, that's the third reason why there's so much suffering. The decisions I make, the choices that I make, cause suffering for other people. They sometimes cause suffering for myself, hmm. okay? They, but they cause suffering for other people. So these are the reasons that uh, why there's so much suffering. But before we end today, uh, to Jason, I think no understanding of suffering could be complete without looking at what God did through Jesus at the cross, because Jesus chose to. God in human flesh, in the person of Jesus, chose to enter human history. He broke into human history. He came to live as we have to live, and then he suffered and he died on the cross. And the Bible tells us why he did that. He did that to pay the price for the rebellion and the choices that we had made and to give us that opportunity of a second choice, another opportunity to vote. The Bible says in Hebrews 2.14, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, that's us, he himself likewise shared in the same that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is, the devil. So Jesus is coming to the world. He's experienced suffering. He's experienced death in order that we don't have to die eternally and to give us another choice today of choosing him and choosing him to lead our lives today, but choosing him to lead our lives into eternity as well. And of course, for us, uh, Peter, we believe that that eternity, there'll be a time where there is no more uh, suffering. Correct. There is no more pain. Absolutely. There is no more trouble. Um, and, he will and, bring it to an end. Yeah, and so there is an end. This, this is a a moment in time that will come to an end eventually where uh, all of this will be gone and passed away. Um, now, today's free offer, search number four. Uh, text in to 0488880891 to get that DVD, Cosmic Conflict. Uh, Peter, uh, next week, what are we going to be talking about next week? All right, so we've mentioned uh, Jesus today. We've talked about that. We want to know who was Jesus, how can we be sure he really existed, uh, and next week's topic is called the Jesus myth, so we're going to take a look at that. Okay. And tomorrow's program with David Maxwell will be continuing the series on Psalm 23. And David has many uh, great stories and a really good way of, of studying the Bible in a very in-depth, uh, close way. And, of course, Psalm 23 is a very popular psalm, um, but there's some really good stuff. And I'm learning lots uh, by going through this with uh, David as well. So we do hope you can join us tomorrow with David Maxwell and next week again with Peter Watts. 
until then, we hope that you have a great day and uh, enjoy the rest of the day wherever you are. Remember, you can listen to our back episodes on uh, faithfm.com.au or also the Faith FM app. So until then, uh, take care and we'll talk to you again tomorrow or next week if you're catching up with Peter next week.